Welcome to Spin It, a business podcast that takes you into the lives of some of today's most influential leaders, entrepreneurs, game changers, athletes, and many more. On Spin It, we take a deep dive into the lives and journeys of our guests to deliver real, unfiltered, and unscripted conversations that will surely inspire hope and promote change. We focus not on their current success, but on the obstacles and challenges that they faced along the way that often doesn't get talked about. How they battled adversity, getting up and being knocked down when all of the odds were stacked against them. On today's episode of Spin It, we'll be speaking with one of the highest ranking podcast hosts, Lance Isios. Lance podcast, University of Adversity, has dominated the podcast arena and is ranked top 50 on iTunes worldwide. True to the title of the show, Lance is no stranger to adversity. He has faced some of the most difficult challenges. He battled addiction for over a decade, lost his brother to suicide, and lost his father to cancer. In his quest to help others, Lance created the podcast for guests to share their stories of personal hardships and battles with adversity, ultimately inspiring and promoting change for those who are struggling. Today, we're getting an intimate and raw look into Lance's journey and hearing how he himself was finally able to overcome his battle with adversity and spin life in his direction, enabling him to carry out his mission to facilitate the message of positive change through adversity and encouraging people to see the light through the darkness of life's worst moments. Welcome to the show, Lance. Hey, Lance. Welcome to the show. I am so happy to have you here and excited about our conversation. Hey, great to be here, Stephanie. I'm excited as well. My entire massively long tenure of podcasting, I've only thrown out research one time, and that was with David Meltzer, and the conversation was just absolutely incredible. I spent so much time researching you and listening to all of the gifts that you give so many people. I was so incredibly impressed with not only your own personal journey through your sports career and through bartending and going all over the world, but also to a lot of the tragedies that you've endured in your life. And we're going to link some of those podcasts in the show notes, but I really wanted to go a different route. And I wanted to just talk about you as the person and your mission and your purpose. Yesterday, I heard somebody talking with you about their quote, calling And you said, you know, maybe you don't have to call it a calling, you know, maybe it's a mission or a purpose. What is your mission and what is your purpose? Well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's evolved over time. And I think that sometimes when we put these words to things, we give meaning to them and they can evolve, they can change. And, you know, what that means to someone else is different than what it means to me. But for me to if I got to think about what my purpose is, it's finding more more of the things that are in alignment with what lights me on fire, what, what gets me to my best place, my highest energy. And, you know, like I said in that episode, I talk about in order to really understand what your purpose is, you need to be able to try a bunch of different things. You need to fail a few times. You need to do things that you like, things you don't. And then you start to realize what that actually means. Because I believe that a lot of people base their own purpose or their own goals or their own mission or whatever else it is on a lot of other people's expectations and a lot of other people's stories. And they forget to listen to themselves, which is your heart, which is your intuition, which is your soul, the real you versus ego, fear, judgment, all of those things. And I think they can really get 
intertwined and make it confusing as to figuring out like what do I actually want? Like what feels true to me versus me just living out someone else's story or expectation. So for me, it's been a journey of unraveling, you know, through hockey and who was I after an ath after sports into the bar industry and then into the podcasting world. You know, we've been doing this for over three years now and then into the entrepreneurial world, just finished writing my book. So there's been a lot of like weaving as to figuring that out. And I've just realized that to go back to the answer of your question, I want to get in alignment with those things that help serve my greatest, my highest self, which in turn can serve the world. So I want to focus as much energy and time on the things that I know is my area of genius, which is what lights me up. And when that happens, then I'm able to give that to the world and I'm able to help others because I believe one of my gifts is just being relatable to people. You know, I don't have a big education. I don't have a big, huge, crazy vocabulary. I speak. I think I can connect with people very well. And that's, I've, I've got feedback about that. So I believe it's being able to connect with somebody, being able to help them see their gifts, and most importantly, inspire them to actually take action in their life to do something different. And that can be challenging. But as I've started to do more work on myself, that's kind of how I've kind of figured out and solidified what my purpose is. It's a great question because I think it's a good thing for everybody to go over within themselves and really get clear on that because what you might've thought before was your purpose has maybe evolved and that's mm -hmm. great. You've met a lot of people, you've traveled around, there's all these different things that occur. So it's okay to kind of craft a new lane and figure out a new path. So that's, that's where I'm at and that's going to continue to evolve at the highest level. So one of the things that I love that you said, which was going to be my next question, now I could just plainly agree with you, is mm -hmm. a lot of times clients come to me and they're like, hey, this is, this is what I was doing and I was so great at it. And I stop them right there and I say, just because you're great at something, it doesn't mean that it's your life's work or your purpose or your passion. It can be, and, that, and then we're all in alignment, then that's fabulous, okay? Mm -hmm. But please expect as you evolve, as you gain more knowledge, as you get more comfortable in who you're becoming, that your alignment is going to change and your purpose and your passion is going to change. And Lance, I'm telling you, dumbfounded. I went to school for this and I always yeah. say, and also mm -hmm. you can this and you can, you know, whatever these things are there, people are so siloed in their thinking. And again, one of the things that I so loved about you was how far you can go with just such a small amount of information and keep unpacking and keep clarifying and unpacking and clarifying. It's such a brilliant gift. And so I'm glad that you have said so many times in your purpose will change. Your passion will change as you become more evolved. Mm, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, completely yeah. agree. I think that's the thing is, is people, yeah, like getting attached to things is it, it can really limit people. The story. Absolutely. Who am, Getting like, attached to the I? outcome of things. Yeah. The title yeah. of who I am boxing yourself into one way. Why? Like where do these rules come from? Like why, where did, why, why is it like that? You know? And I think it's important to have these kind of conversations around it because people are just looking for permission to, to be themselves and to do things they already know. They already have the answers, you know? It's people are just looking for permission slips all over the place. It's like, oh, oh I knew <laughs> right, that. Well, right. Why don't I do that? <laughs> okay, perfect. That's all that needs to happen. It's just a switch sometimes, right? In, in relatability to somebody. 
talk to me about adversity. Talk to me about mastering adversity. There's so many groups and there's so many forums and there's so many of these things out now. First of all, talk to me about what adversity means to you and then tell me a little about your journey about how you've mastered some of the adversity in your life. Yeah. You know, adversity is just a word. You know, again, it's we put meaning to it. And one thing that I want to preface is that I haven't mastered it, right? I, nobody ever masters it. And the reason I said I called it mastering adversity is because we're always mastering it as we level up. Because the the greater the greater we get, the greater the challenges happen. If we're consistently leveling up, there's going to be there's going to be situations, right, that are going to challenge us. And I believe if you're pushing yourself to be better, then the things that used to bother you aren't going to bother you anymore. It's just awareness. And as you start to level up, you know, there's going to be bigger issues. You know, say you're building a team, there's going to be, you got a lot more responsibility. The bigger you get, the more responsibility. So it brings its set of challenges. So for me, it's like, I've really looked at, I really want to unpack like the perspective of how, first of all, I see adversity and the challenges. So my goal has been, to really help people shift their perspective on adversity, struggle, challenges, whatever word you want to call it, that's right in front of them. And what I have learned is that when we can change the perspective of how we look at something, then we're able to move through it. So for me, I've been able to go, I feel blessed. I've been able to go through a lot of different shit over the years that's been able to really help me see things from different perspectives. So I've had to go through, you know, loss. I've had to go through addiction. I've had to go through identity deaths of different careers. I've been able to travel the world and live. And I've been able to just understand from interviewing so like hundreds of people who have been, you know, so dominant in their industry and been able to achieve so much greatness that it's not, they're not anything different. Like nobody has anything, nobody's any better or more special. It's just a matter of they've learned a few lessons that have shaped how they look at life. And now they realize, hmm, and this is what I've come to realize too. When I'm faced with something that maybe brings up fear or makes me feel overwhelmed, it's probably because it's almost like a message to me that I need to face this thing because I know on the other side of it, what's from the past, from what I've experienced and what I've learned from others that usually 99% of the time on the other side of that, there's some sort of gift. There's some sort of feeling or leveling up or something achieved because when we face a fear or overcome adversity, it's rare that we're ever like, damn, I wish I didn't overcome that. Like it's always, you're always really, whatever that brings. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I've learned this lesson a few times, even, you know, I even, I've, I've played around in the medicine, the plant medicine space. And, you know, I've been forced to really go deep into mm. my psyche and to face these things. So I've just realized for me that my perspective on how I see things is everything. And what I've noticed is the people that achieve have achieved the best, the most success have, have really looked at things like it's a dance, you know, adversity is like a dance. You're just moving around. It's a, it becomes a game, right? It becomes like, okay, here's an opportunity to get better or grow. And that is not an easy thing to realize. 
like it's hard, especially in programming, deep programming of scarcity and everybody's, there's so many people stuck in victim mentality and distracting themselves or from, from facing things or numbing themselves out or getting addicted to self-help all the time. Like there's so many things that, that people can get lost in without actually figuring that in with ourselves. And I've just realized that when, when I personally can overcome myself every single day by doing different things, then the challenge in front of me just, just becomes a little bit easier. I see things a little bit differently. I'm like, okay, here's an opportunity versus like, oh, I'm screwed, you know? And the more you start to speak to people that kind of understand that, maybe they don't even articulate that that's what they're doing. You, you see like, ah, oh, I get why you're successful. I understand. And then you see somebody that speaks like a victim. The world owes them something. I suck at life. I'm blah, 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 blah. And you're like, man, no wonder. Like you want to say something, but you know, sometimes you just, what you can do is just operate at the highest level that you can so that maybe they get inspired. So that's a long answer to your question, but it's been something that I've really wanted to unpack and help people realize that you, you got it in you. You know, you like, you have everything in you. You just have to realize that these people that may have it all figured out have just learned a few more lessons and they've just understood that what's in front of them isn't the be all end all. It's just another opportunity. So yeah, I mean, it's, this is, this is something that I think really separates a lot of people is how they, is how they look at the problem or the situation that they're challenged with. Right. So what do you, what do you think? Let's turn it around on you. Let's spin it on you. Thanks, Lance. First of all, amazing answer, okay? But there's three or four things that you said that I think are really, really important for the listeners. Mm. First of all, I didn't start out like this. I start out with having the same nonsensical arguments or the same distraction or the same disassociation or helping everybody else so I didn't have to focus on myself. I didn't really ever play the victim role only because I didn't have the opportunity. You know, I was out on my own at 15 and I didn't really have an opportunity to kind of to, to do that. Wow. So I wasn't ever a victim. I was always in control of me, but maybe what I wasn't is in the best mental health perspective as far as wanting to learn and being constantly curious and being open to other people's perspectives. And as I've grown, and and just like you said, as I've unpacked and as I've evolved, I'm almost like the first one to the table that raises my hand and says, oh gosh, you know what? I got that wrong. You know, can you guys walk me through that one more time? I really want to learn. And I, and I think it took a really long time, Lance, for people to actually take me seriously because they were like, Stephanie is running the meeting and we're in front of 3000 people. And she just raised her hand and said, she was like, what's going on? But it was so genuine from my heart. I really, really wanted to learn. So I wanted to take a step back and I wanted to really understand what they were saying and not so much that it didn't or would change my perspective, but sometimes truly it has changed my perspective. Okay. Mm -hmm. But really that I just wanted to hear where they were coming from. I wanted to hear maybe what they weren't saying. I wanted to hear if I could just offer an encouraging word or some sort of kindness or normalcy into the situation that they were going through. And what I learned, my friend, what I learned, that puts some people significantly off if they're not really comfortable with who they are and where they are. No bueno. So <laughs> That's such a good point. It's such a good point because these the people that get triggered by things is this something they see in themselves. Think about it. That's you know, right. Like you, they see something that somebody is doing that maybe they don't have the courage to, 
or that it's some sort of unhealed wound that triggers them. It's really interesting because why would anybody get upset about things like that? Mm-hmm. You know, it seems so silly, but there's obviously something that they see right. and feel. Right. 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 And so then to close out this point, to close this out, and then what's my responsibility? So then here's what I do. Just like you just said, you start off the conversation. It's super negative. There's nothing I can really offer there. And because our energy is so precious and it's so it's the most expensive thing that we have. I might just like give them like a warm hug or I might just say, you know, hey, I, it sounds like you're going through something, you know, keep your chin up and maybe, you know, like one thing, like, you know, take some deep breaths in and take a look at where we are. So many people aren't necessarily that blessed or just kind of one little sentence. And then I move about my day because I don't want to deplete my energy with not being able to help somebody else that's ready, willing, able, and, and can go right now to pull somebody up someplace that they're really comfortable in being. Mm. Yeah, this brings up a good point that I'm actually in this men's group right now and it's a WhatsApp chat and there's this one dude that just keeps talking about all of his why things aren't going right. Everybody that has money is like is bad and it's just it's it's like wow, like I I, feel, I don't even because it's it's you got to tread lightly with offering advice to people because Maybe they don't want it, but it's like you see it and you're like, okay, how do we even, I feel like all we can do is just be ourselves and, and, and operate at that high level that eventually their story that they're attached to, they just say they get tired of it and they go, okay, I need to be whatever these people are doing or this person, I just need to put that aside because this guy is literally choosing this narrative over and over again. Yeah. Someone says something and then all of a sudden he, he counters it with like three negative things and it's hard to express because it's like making me so angry, but I'm like, Whoa, okay. It's just so interesting because it's, it's, it's really, it's something that we deal with yet someone like yourself in that meeting, you, that person doesn't deserve to rob you of your light. Right. Your gift and the rest of people, because that's even in sports and teams, you know, you're only as good as your your worst player, because that player can really bring down your whole team. Yes. And how they perform. And it's it's attitude is, is yes. so important. Attitude is everything. I don't care if somebody sucks at something. If they attitude come and they if they come to the to come to work or to sports or anything and they got heart and they got like attitude that's like wanting to get better. I got time for you all day. Honestly, I'll, I, I got all day for you if you have a good attitude. But if you think if you're not willing to grow and you're all the excuses, it's just like you're choosing that. You really are. And, you know, that's a hard thing to get out of. But you have you people have to hit a point before they realize the story's over. Time to create a new story here. Right. And that, I think that's, yeah. I think Lance, that's so incredibly important. Like, like you, just like you said, I've canceled huge, what you would call a huge meeting for what, for monetary purposes. Is it a huge meeting? Yeah. Okay, fine. But to help a kid that shows up with the absolute best attitude, with the best heart, with the attitude of I'm willing to go right now, tell me what to do. Tell me what I need to do. I'll cancel the monetary meetings all day long. Like I have a chance to like impact. I have a chance to inspire. I have a chance to get behind maybe maybe this is somebody's last resort maybe I was the last phone call I take that stuff very seriously you're there for a reason it's not a coincidence let me help Mm -hmm. you show up with a bad attitude and you have an hour-long meeting scheduled I will say goodbye in five minutes zero issues Mm -hmm. 
I'm like, oh, it sounds like you're not ready to work today. No problem whatsoever. I hope your day improves and I'll get up and I'll walk out the door. Mm, yeah, it's important. It's so important. I don't believe the change in the world is going to come outside of ourselves. It's always going to come with ourselves. It's going to come with the complete ownership, complete responsibility for ourselves. What can I do right now? This second versus yeah. my, because we have this energy and we're, we're giving it away to others and thinking about what they're doing in their life and why this and why that versus what can I do right now? Am I doing my best? Yeah. Like, Without beating ourselves up and making it a shameful thing, actually, what can I do right now to, to, to work on the solution, right? But nobody does that. Most people right now are just, it's everyone else's fault, no accountability, poor me, and it's not going to make any change. And then all that does is just fire up everybody else around them. And it's an easy way out. It's, it's not the way. And it's, it, it triggers me because maybe I, I, see, I see myself in that because that's the way I was raised. I was raised mm -hmm. in a very like kind of like it's deep programming yeah. scarcity mindset. I, I'm still working through it. I still right. have fear around. Oh, what if I lose it all? Or like it, there's always this like default, but you have to choose which program you want to run. Right. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I could go on all day about that. No, I mean, and Lance, that's so important. So, you, so, you know, to your point, the thing that drives me absolutely crazy and I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. What's new now? Nothing's new from what our parents told you. They said, Lance, don't point because when you point at someone, there's three fingers pointing back at you. You knew that when you were a little guy. Okay. My son, I was driving my son to school the other day. He's 12 and he's got this craziness right now for old music. And so he's listening to YouTube and he's listening to Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. <laughs> okay. All these lessons are there. All of those things are from when we were younger. Why are we still having to repeat the same lessons over and over again? Start with you. Start with yourself. You, if you change one thing, the world will begin to change. Why are we constantly, constantly having to redo these lessons? Well, personally, I think it's by design. I think media, I think a lot of it's based around fear. Scare people, make them feel that they need, to, need things more than they do. I mean... <laughs> It's a complicated question because I think it's kind of like back in the day around cigarette smoke. Let's just use cigarette smoking for example. So there was not a lot of information about mm. how dangerous cigarettes were, right? There was people were smoking, right? You know, it was kind of cool to do. It was like, okay, cool. This is I would if I was in the fifties, I would be smoking darts like crazy. I would. I mean, that's just the kind of person. But then. Then there becomes more information. Lance is like this. I'm, I'm like, give me, give me the Mickey in my pocket, like greaser style. I'd be, yeah. But then, but then there's a, comes a point where we started to get educated on things, right? And then there, there started to become information that this stuff doesn't serve us. It doesn't, right? It kills you. It hurts you. All the things. And mm -hmm. look, if you want to smoke, smoke your lungs out. It's not. I'm. You're an adult. The information's there. I haven't lived a perfect life. I've drank myself silly lots of times. That's a choice. And for me to keep doing that after what I know, whether it's about cigarettes, whether it's about alcohol, whether it's about anything, the more I know, if I keep doing that, then that becomes that foolish on my part, <laughs> right? It really does because now there's education around it. Now there's information and I'm choosing that even though I know. And now we come to the point of mindset 
And my parents, my grandparents, and all of our parents didn't have the resources, most likely, to learn that there was a different way to think because of like the wars. You know, my family came from Europe and left mm -hmm. during crazy times in the 20s. And then there was wars, like there was crazy times. And that's all they knew, programmed deep in their psyche, generationally. And we mm -hmm. inherited that, right? So then, you know, come into like the 80s and 90s. And, you know, my parents just did their best with what they knew from that generation. There was a couple self-help books here and there, but that stuff was considered kind of goofy, right? Now, here we are, 20, what year is it? 2022 now, I'm like, what year is it? Everything's just gone so fast. There's so many resources. <laughs> you need right? to stop smoking those cigarettes. <laughs> There's so many resources now, but honestly, that deep level of scarcity yeah. and can, can suck the life out of you, just like cigarettes, just like alcohol. I know it because my dad died of cancer because of, I believe, because we lost like seven people within seven years, six years, and my younger brother a year before he died. So there is a certain amount of stress that he took into his body, which manifested into cancer. I'm, I fully believe that that's what happened because there's a certain amount of mindset and thinking around stress. How do I process stress? I have a choice. Do I want to just let it run wild? There is science that shows how much stress can inhibit our immune system. So now we're going back to the point of why do people still think like that? They're choosing to not look into this information. It's just like around the pandemic, whether whatever you believe in, at this point, there's enough information. You can do your research, you can learn. That's up to you. But there's a point where you're like, I am choosing to ignore this because I am so attached to this story that this story is me and I become this this thing yep. and nobody's going to get in the way of that. And that's deep rooted. And that comes with the psychological aspect of scarcity mindset and that I have to revisit every day because I wasn't brought up in that environment, but now I have chosen and spent tens of thousands of dollars on my development and speaking, spending hours and hours and hours, thousands of hours talking to people like yourself and unpacking what it is that they have around how the hell did you achieve this success like when you had so much trouble in your life and then there's these lessons and it's how you think so now we have resources and if you're choosing to not explore that if you've heard about how to think you know with an abundant mindset or how to come from you know a different place a different mindset and you're not doing it, you're, it's a choice. Unless you, if you're stuck somewhere where you don't have any technology and you have no computer, no books, fine, you're off the hook. But now there's, there's podcasts, there's YouTube, there's everything. And if you say, I wanna learn about this, I wanna learn how to change my mindset. It's not easy, I'm not saying go, it's, I'm not talking woo woo here or whatever, but it's a, it's a process and it'll take time because it, you have to work through a lot of the bullshit and you know, through even meditation or journaling or, you know, if you have to go the, the deep psychedelic route, whatever it is, you have to heal the stories within yourself and you have to look at life through a fresh, yes. clean slate. And that's a choice. You know, I had to, I, I get into this with my mom too. I, I'm like, you can't continue to speak this way about yourself and expect your life to change. You mm -hmm. have to commit to learning and growing. And it's a tough pill that a lot of people don't want to swallow. So you can tell I'm very passionate about this. So. 
I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> so, no, so just... Lance, here's the thing. So, I want to I want to get a little bit more a little bit more personal yeah. because I I, I feel okay. that I feel very very closely. Again, I'm very passionate about this, but I also have learned. Okay, I have years on you. Okay, I've also learned when people are actually ready and kind of when they're not ready. And so, with a parent like with your mom, okay, I can't imagine. It's like. <laughs> You know, like I get so frustrated, mom, I have all of this knowledge. If you would just listen and take a little bit of direction, like, let me save you the 10 years maybe where I was unsure and I tried and it didn't work and I was unsure and I tried and it didn't work. Let me help you. And then they keep speaking from the information that maybe they had as a child. It is so incredibly frustrating. Mm -hmm. And to your point, I too have had an unbelievable amount of loss my mother my father drowned when I was three my mother had a nervous breakdown and never recovered I lost nine people in the last six years set five years from death I have a brother who has massive mental health issues that we pretty much take care of often and so I too have that so when people want to keep talking about all the negative and they want to keep doing the woe is me or they want to keep talking about their victim mindset I have to really do a ton with distress tolerance to mm -hmm. either decide how long I'm going to stay in that that person's presence or what I'm going to do to impact and affect the situation now, even if that's leave. Mm -hmm. So talking about your brother and your dad and their stress, is this why you chose the lifestyle that you did? There's not going to be a ton around attachment and things, and it's more going to be a free kind of flow process of information and learning and guiding others. Is that one of the reasons why you chose to live like this? Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. I just want to honor that and honor the work that you're doing because it's, you know, a lot of people won't acknowledge that. So amazing. Thank you for sharing that with me. I appreciate it. I mean, I've yeah. always, I've always known in my heart that I was destined to do something that mattered. I just didn't know what that was. And when sports didn't work out and when I was in the bars for many years, I really enjoyed connecting with people. And that's what gave me the fulfillment at the time. I got a lot of validation from people and things. And what really lit me up was connecting with people. And through my journey of losing my younger brother, my dad, I just realized that there was something calling deeper for me. You know, and I think that those were just those were just situations that brought me closer and that needed to happen. And it led me to sobriety for one year in 2017, where it's, where life really changed for me. And yeah, it's always been I talk about my intuition a lot because it's always been something that has guided me. And I think it's one of the most undervalued and underutilized concepts that people just shrug off. But we all have access to that inner, the innate wisdom, that inner knowing. And we discredit it because people say stupid things like it's woo-woo or something. And it's the dumbest word, that woo-woo word. I just say it because it's just so stupid. I don't even know why I even say it. But like, I love woo-woo. I love the whole... I love I'm going to do your clip I, and your clip's going to say woo-woo, woo-woo. I love the mystical. I love the mystical aspects of things, but with science. That's why I love Joe Dispenza. Mm -hmm. You know, that's so I like the, I, I like, I feel like a lot of that got lost in our world. So I, back to what I was saying, is like my intuition has guided me and I've always listened to things that have helped me navigate through the challenges because I know that on the other side of this, 
there's going to be opportunities or whatever. So losing my brother and dad just sort of made me realize that there's something deeper here. You know, serving people in the bar and restaurant just isn't, is isn't just not cutting it for me. You know, like it's just not, I'm not living at my full potential. Yeah. And I know that my potential is to do something to serve. And, you know, I tried to become a firefighter, a cop, because I thought that was what I wanted, but that was just as like a, I wanted to be a fireman because I like ego reasons, not because I wanted to be, I just wanted to, you know, it's just, I realized that I was like, this is not what I want to do. So it's just helped me realize that I have a greater purpose on this planet. And as I've wrote my book and as I've done the podcast and as I heal, do more work on myself, it's, I realizing that more and more, right. That I want to be that voice for the 18 year old. So he doesn't kill himself. I want to be that voice that can, somebody can hear for the first time, or maybe they've heard 10 different people, but my voice, the way I speak lands with them so that, they actually want to make a change in their life. And as I get better and honing my craft, then I'll be able to impact more people. So, and it's an evolving process, you know, that's, that's kind of where we're at now. And I'm, it's been such a healing journey. And like, I'm a big believer, the more that we heal ourselves, the more that we can heal other people and help them see, you know, their potential. And isn't that really the whole point? Like helping, like how great is it if everybody sees their potential and goes after it, whether they're scared or not, you know? And most people will just live this life of the hamster wheel and never take a chance, never take a risk. Yeah. Because, you know, it might not work out. But then you got to live in this like feeling of what if I did take a chance? What if I did on myself? I have one life, one, one life, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it was all inspired by... And, and what if they just got to a point where they could just have the conversation? Like, what if they could exactly. just open up? What if they could just say, hey, Lance, do you have a minute? And say, hey, this is what I was thinking. And yeah. and you gave them that inspiration to be able to go out and get off the hamster wheel. Just that one conversation. Right. Yeah, exactly. One One step. You don't have to go and do anything crazy just take one step of your inspired thought or action and i talk about this also is like you know we get these inspirational these impulses that pop up and then they're so strong Mm. but we ignore them and we talk ourselves out of them it's like whatever you need to do you just need to make that thing real whether it's tell somebody or write it down or just do a little thing every day to make that thing a little bit bigger a little bit stronger you don't need to go and quit your job or do your it's like just start to honor yourself do the little things every day and figure out what honoring yourself means and then just work towards that right it's it's just little bits at a time it's the small tiny little steps it's the small incremental steps along the way you're so right yeah i mean it's tell me about the purpose of the podcast yeah it's changed at first it was just about i was like love podcasts i've learned a lot i just want to interview inspiring people because i love joe rogan and i loved (laughs) i mean i've been i I started doing it in the end of 2018 so it's yeah i just knew i needed to do it this was one of those things i talk about in my inspiration meter was at 10 and i was like i need to do it and figure it out no matter what i don't not going to let anybody stop me so i hired somebody to help me and that was the best decision i ever made So the purpose of my podcast, exactly what I said, give people an opportunity to listen to real, raw, vulnerable truths about real life and 
have relatable conversations that people can connect with. And maybe there's one person there that says it differently, or maybe the way the question was asked or something that gives that person the opportunity for that light to go off because then they're inspired. That little bit of inspiration can help them make a new decision and encourage them to do something different. You know, whatever that is, there's so many different healing tools and so many different things you can do, morning routine, whatever. But that first, oh, I can do this. I relate to this person. I resonate with this person. He's just like me or she's just like me. I'm like them. I don't have it as bad as them, but they're doing it. Oh, I get it. Now it's time for me to take action because I can't Mm -hmm. have these excuses, right? Like what excuse do I have when somebody else has been through worse, right? So that's the point is just keep doing that and keep the dialogue open and keep having conversations with people. That's all. Like I just love it and I'm going to do it forever. You know, whatever it turns into, great. I'm going to just keep having conversations. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. I mean, what about you? And you're, I, mean, I want to spin Lance, this. You're so good at it. And it's, <laughs> well, thank you. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not spinning it. I'm not spinning it, Lance. <laughs> I actually did not have such a great reason as you had. I've never really been like, oh, I'm important and I have a lot to say and people should listen to me. And, and I... I am not, I'm a lot of things. There's a lot of things that I am. Okay. A hypocrite is not one of them. So when somebody was telling me to do a podcast, I was laughing and I was like, oh, you're so funny. And it was, it was somebody that is a very senior person in podcasting. And they were like, no, I'm not kidding. And I was like, God, do I tell him right now that I've never even listened to a podcast? (laughs) Like, what do I do? And, and he was like, Steph, I'm serious. You need to get super awesome guests and just have real conversations. And I was like, yeah, thank you so much. No shot in hell. Thank you. (laughs) And all of a sudden my oldest daughter heard them say it. And she's like, I've been saying it for five years. You know, my business partner had been saying it for five years. And I was like, you guys, I don't have, I don't know the first thing about starting a podcast. Like I have no idea who cares. Like there's so many other people that are bigger and better that have such, so many more difficult stories than I've had. And so they said, just do a pilot. And I was like, what's a pilot? I thought that flew an airplane. (laughs) And they were like, just do a podcast. It'll be fun. And I did. And I guess it got a very, very good, a good kind of measurement. And then when Jordan Harbinger is your second guest and he says, don't you ever put the microphone away, you're going to be killer at this. You kind of have to listen. It's Jordan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's what they tell me. That's why I did it. Ultimately, it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, Lance, now that I got a lot more comfortable, I'll tell you, I can get people information faster I can inspire more people with one message. Somebody, like you said, can relate to that one guest that wants to go deep and have a truthful, honest conversation. I've had celebrities that were slaughtered on the show and I've said, I don't really have anything to say. I don't want a publicist sitting there telling me what I can and can't talk about. I don't care about the name of the show. Um, I truly care about what you're willing to share to inspire the audience and your lessons and what you've done wrong and what you've done right. And that's kind of how it evolved. And then- Love that. I started getting better. Yeah, it's just it, I started getting better and better guests and I started being more comfortable about not caring what anybody says and just having like a truthful conversation. And then that's when things really kind of got us to we're I think we're at one percent globally. So it, it worked out OK, especially in such a short time, a long, long way to go and to catch you. I'm trying to catch you, Lance. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's amazing. 
So just run with that. Just keep going. You know, like, I mean, podcasting is such a powerful tool for marketing your personal brand. Like it's such a great vehicle. My entire brand was created from this. And even my company that we, we produce podcasts for founders and visionary leaders. Like that's because it's, I seen what it's done for me and my, everything that I have from book deals to yeah, everything has come from that. So I, that's why part of my mission too, is to help people do the same, like what you're doing. It's like, you have all this knowledge, you have all this experience and you're willing to have conversations around and learn and the ability to learn and show that to your audience becomes people want to trust you more. And then the more you're seen with these people, the more you become an authority too, because you are them. You're having these conversations, right. you're learning. People underestimate how powerful a tool is a podcasting, right? And it's, and not only what it can do for your opportunities, but what it can do for your confidence, your speaking you know, having to level when you have somebody that you admire and you're like, oh shit, I've been like, there's been times where I'm like, please cancel, please cancel. <laughs> Cause I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Right. Yes. And then, and, but it's like, you get over that. Like, I remember when I talked to Grant Cardone, I was like, oh shit, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then boom, he came on. And I was like, Grant, uncle G what's up? Like, it was just like, I was like, I had to be at that level. Otherwise you have to step up to that. And it's such a great lesson is that yeah. you do that so many times over and over and then you're like, wait a minute, I got this. And then I, I do belong here, <laughs> right? I do, like it's, because it's it's a mindset thing too, right? And that's awesome that you're doing this and you're having such success. So you, you have a great voice, great energy, great look, the show and everything. So it's awesome, keep going. Okay, I think the next couple of questions are just kind of really fun. I sure. mean, they may not be fun for you, but they're gonna be fun for me to watch your expression. <laughs> Rapid fire. Okay. Yeah. I, I was funny. Cause I was on a show of my buddies. It was like art of masculinity. And he asked me like the funniest shit. And I was like, Oh man, I have the worst answers. <laughs> yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, my staff had a whole bunch of questions that would have made you super uncomfortable. And I was like, okay. I am not asking Get him me that. Uncomfortable. Do it. Whatever. Okay. What's the most angry that you've ever been? And what did you do yesterday? Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're like, right now, Steph, right how many, now. How many times? When I didn't eat? I mean, every day? No. Let's see. The most angry. I've gotten angry a lot. Let me let me be honest with you on that. This has been something that I've been working through my entire life. My anger and hockey and life has always been my downfall. So for me, I've lost my shit many times. And I'm working on becoming more zen. But I lose it. Sorry if I can't swear, but it's just <laughs> I just sometimes drop the bombs. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I've I've lost I've lost it a lot of times. If I'm being completely honest, <laughs> I don't, I don't really have like a one one time that was takes the cake. I'll probably remember. What does it look like? Like what does it look like? Is it probably is it when, yelling and screaming? Is it silence? Is it flipping days, tables over? <laughs> in my hangover days, you know things like that. You know what gets me is actually no, it's a great question because. I get very triggered with family. Like, like it's weird. The people closest mm -hmm. to you sometimes bring out the most, like, it's like, I turn into this like angry little boy. I'm like, wait a minute. But you know what it does is it shines a light on how much, even though I've, I've done the work, how much I still have to do on myself. And it's good. Cause when you lose it, it's like, okay, I, I, I still got work. That's fine. But my mom, when she says something, when she said, sorry, mom, 
if she ever hears this, she won't. But, you know, <laughs> I just want to apologize. She can call me. Well, I'll have her on the will. show next. Maybe she will. But like probably her perspective on what's going on in the world the last two years. And there's always been this thing where she's just doesn't listen. And anything that I say, because I'm her son, she doesn't listen. Like it doesn't, it's, I think that's pretty yeah. standard and I just lose it. I just like, I just turn into like, I don't know. And then I always have to step back and go, all right, where, why, where did you lose? Where did you fall from grace? What triggered you? Like, why did you lose your shit? And you know, my mom has been one of my biggest teachers, believe it or not. And, uh, yeah, I think it's probably with her. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Never been asked that in my life. Just like unpacked. I just had therapy session there. (laughs) Just wait. We're not even halfway done with you, my friend. Wait till the call after. (laughs) Okay. Your happiest time. Like really like joyfully happy. Not like a mindset. Not like a Zen thing, Lance. Like, Like laughing to where the next day you're like, oh my God, my face really hurts from just how much joy I shared. There's different levels of that too. You know, because achieving like a win or scoring a goal in hockey was probably up there with the best feelings. Um, You know, or something a little bit more present time. It's yeah. Like landing a a guest or something during this podcast that I really admired, like a hockey hero or somebody. And I just knew that I just Mm. had the best interview. I was like, so prepared and I was like I'm just going to fucking dominate this thing I'm going to own this thing and it just went so well that I was just like wow I really I did it you know those little micro accomplishments brought me a lot of joy along the way so they're different it's like the the win in hockey brought me something and the achievement in that and you know ranking up and you know stuff that when I put my heart and soul into it and I get a little bit of like recognition for it is nice Not that I really need it, but it is nice when you put hard work into stuff. Yeah. Or, you know, when somebody, I'm unpacking this because I don't have one answer for you. I'm just kind of saying what's coming. I love it. No, keep going. You're doing great. And, and and I would say probably, I don't see my family very much. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I really don't, I don't, I haven't seen my family in three years. So getting together with them, it like gives me this sense of like this feeling of like, there's something about when your whole family's together. It's like, oh, it's like it gives me this level of joy that it's like that I had this void for so long in that area for so many years that when I get to have that like childlike feeling of having people I care about around me, it's it's kind of it's 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 pretty magical. And I would say probably another one would be like when somebody messages me and is like, look, like that episode with so and so it really changed my life or that video you made it like really impacted me. And that's really now what lights me up. If, if somebody, if I make an impact in someone's life, I'm like, that's it. You know, I could die tomorrow and you know that I'm happy because that's really for me, I want to do that on a scale of being able to get that all the time. Selfishly that lights me up as I love impacting people because that yeah. gives me joy. So there's a lot of different things. And look, Christmas time yeah. as a kid was my, my, you know, probably my favorite. Now that I'm thinking about it, Christmas time as a kid was amazing. <laughs> right? This, That's great. Yeah. You're supposed to say, Steph, whenever you called and asked me to be on the show, that was like the best day of my life. Yeah, of course. Is that well, right? Of course. I celebrated all day long. Tell me about your positivity retreat or your positivity meetings that you have. I read a little bit about how you have, you really want to change people's mindsets from a scarcity or a negativity factor into positivity. 
And I saw a couple things on it, but I really wanted to hear it from you because I only have about 36,000 people I could send you for the next 24 years. Well, it's not as much, well, I mean, not as much positivity. It's, it's more around like feeling empowered, just ownership, mm. like just feeling like an empowered human to want and inspired. And I think leading a positive life and having like a North star of like intentional goals and that kind of thing is great. But understanding that we're going to have off days. And I think I really want people to understand the importance of mm -hmm. self-love and what that means, like around like having compassion for ourselves and, and not beating ourselves up. This has been something that I, my entire life have been still am going through is like, I beat myself up a lot. Like if I, I'm really hard on myself and I don't believe it's useful. I've gotten so much better at it. So much better. I'm, you know, but that's something that I want to help people understand too. It's like, it's all right. It's all right where you're at. Like, don't beat yourself up. If you, if you mess up, tomorrow's a new day. Don't carry that in. And you want to obviously have a positive mindset, but there's also going to be days that you need to honor the days where you're feeling a little down and then just sit with it and be like, all right. What, you know, like feel through it. And you know, that's where I say, get out the journal. This is why I say, get in the meditation mm -hmm. and feel through it in your body because you can't just escape things all the time. You gotta, you distract or fix yourself. You gotta sit through it. And you know, that's a main thing. And I think through that, you're going to generate more of a positive outlook on life. But the goal is to be as positive as possible without creating shame around yourself when you don't feel as positive and figuring out, all right, I'm in this this energy level or vibration, how do I get back to that level? Like what brings me to that positivity level? And usually it's just an energy, it's an energy shift. It's physiology. It's, it's changing your energy. It's working out, going in the sauna, drinking water, doing breath work, whatever it is that works for you. Eat something good, drink some water. There's a lot of things that can bring our energy levels up. And it's not always the end of the world when we're not feeling positive. Like, there's just, there's little tweaks that we can do, but mostly I wanted to really stress to all your listeners, don't create shame around yourself, shame and guilt. It's worse than the thing itself like that you're doing or that you missed that feeling that you create, it perpetuates into your life and in the relationships and everywhere. It's like the plague. So that's what I really, I would love people to understand is the importance of that self-love and grace. Because when you show that for yourself, you show that for others. So in, in keeping to that, what would you tell the audience? What would you tell the listeners? What's the one thing that they can start with right now to begin to not feel that shame on a cellular level, to not get in that depth of negativity? What's one thing that they can start with? I would say, first of all, take inventory, get yourself a pen, get yourself a journal, actually write it. Don't be on your phone or computer, like write it down, get a journal, old school mm. style, and just connect with it and just ask yourself, why do I feel this way? You know, like just what brings me joy? What brings, what brings me out of it? What are the things that I do that usually make me judge myself or bring shame? You know, you, you just have to ask yourself and it may sound silly, but these are the things, sometimes the silly things, the, the self-reflection, it creates so much clarity. And journaling for me, I was, I was very resistant in the beginning. I thought it was goofy. My mom used to talk about mm -hmm. journals and this and that. And then I started doing gratitude journaling and it completely changed my life, like completely. And then I started to get into more journaling and deeper, like around trauma and expressive writing. But as, to keep it super simple for people, like just ask yourself, like, first of all, I always say too, is this 
true to me? Like, is this story true to me or is this someone else's story? And what that means is, is this feeling that I'm feeling actually mine or am I just, did somebody say something to me that triggered me? Like, where did I fall off? Like what knocks me off that feeling of feeling positive or feeling good? And I think the more awareness we create around those things that cause that, the better we're going to get at identifying them and, and eliminating them. So yeah, I mean, journaling and having journal prompts around just taking inventory, really looking at what you're putting into your body, what you're consuming. You know, I would ask somebody, what do you watch in the evenings? Like what kind of programs do you watch? Oh, I watch serial killer movies. I watch this. I watch the end of the world. Okay. And then what do you do when you get up? Well, the first thing I do is look on my phone and then I look on Instagram. And then right after that, I go eat a huge breakfast that makes me feel like shit. Oh, okay. And then I don't work out and I, I just slam coffees all day until five. And then I just slam wine, but I feel really down. Well, like, right. Like it's, this is the kind of stuff like it's, we got to take inventory don't judge of our me. habits. Don't judge me. Well, it's really, you know, somebody asked me the same kind of thing, like self-care habits. Oh. And I was like, look, you got to take inventory of your life. It's a long answer to your question, but you have to look at your, your behaviors, your actions, like, what are you doing? What are you eating? What are you consuming? Who are you hanging around with? How much time do you go outside? Do you drink water? Do you read books that inspire you? Or do you read biographies about people doing heroin and drug overdoses? That's what I used to do. I used to watch, read these like rock star books because I was like, oh, cool, rock star lifestyle, you know? And I was like, wait a minute. This book makes me feel really bad about myself. And then I was like, what if mm. I... And then I was called to the power of now. I was like, I had like a pull to this book. And then I started to, I started to be like, wow, this is really cool to read something positive, like something that is different. And then I started to feel better. And then I started to realize, oh, okay, I get it. And this is just a lesson for everyone is to just take an inventory of your habits. And a lot of times I know we want the big answer, but it's the simple things. It's more about eliminating things than adding more crap to our lives it's kind of like decompressing. It's kind of like, you know, decluttering and giving ourselves space to really sit with things, sit with a meditation, whatever that means to you, sit with a journal and just allow yourself process to process things. And when you slow down like that, you're going to connect to your higher self, to your intuition a lot better because right now a lot of people's minds, it's all one and they're, they're distracted. They don't know what is coming from their intuition. They don't know what is like, you know, someone else influencing them. So what happens is when you slow down and do things like that, like journaling meditation, it like separates the noise and allows you to connect more to like your own story, your own heart. And the more we can be aware of our habits around us that separate or that make that more of a, a clutter, a cluster, you know, then, then we're able to like separate it. So anyways, long answer to your question, but I tend to just go on about these things, but that's, that's, that's what I got for you. No, it, it's, it's, it's so good. That's, that's, <laughs> I mean, I think that's so good. I think you said so many helpful things, you know, especially people want to add more and add more and keep adding more instead of really kind of getting things out of the way and le leading a more clear and more focused life. And it's so hard, like you said, with everything going on right now, there's so much information, there's so much noise, there's so much chaos. It becomes just this giant blob. And then people are like, oh, I feel bad shocking like really right exactly exactly and it's like just just invent take an inventory of what you're doing right lance what's your biggest obstacle that you've overcome or been able to turn into an opportunity or a blessing 
over overcoming myself and and the old stories that I want to tell myself about why I can't do something. Throughout my life, I had a lot of opportunities to do great things, and I always got to this level where I compared myself to others. Right where I was about to like get to the next level, and I just doubted myself. I didn't believe in myself because I thought there's somebody that's better, somebody has a better advantage. I'm this, I'm that, and I talked myself out of it, or I sabotaged my way in some way. And what I've learned is that's all BS. So I've learned that the deeper level of belief that one can have, the deeper that the farther you can go with whatever you want to do. Nobody is has anything else other than the deepest level of belief in themselves. That's how they achieve success. And I've learned that. And I believe that's the number one thing for me that I've been able to understand is the level of belief. And that has been a massive, massive journey to learn. Because believing in yourself, is it's a lot more challenging than saying believe in yourself. There's a lot of stories that get in the way. So it's kind of, you know, unpacking all those, healing those, and realizing that we're all capable of achieving greatness without sounding too cliche, but it's true. And the level of belief has to be there because nobody else will believe in you if you don't, right? I couldn't agree more. And I think that that's the biggest thing. I think once you have self-belief and once you focus on you and who you're becoming, I don't say I don't ever say become or arrived, but who you're becoming. I think once you focus on those things, you really start to unpack who you are and what your purpose and passion is. This is the way I've looked at it. It's, it all comes down to habits. Your habits create the confidence. The more confidence you have creates a deeper level of belief. So for anybody listening, look back at your week, look at your Friday, you know, and if you had a really great week, like what did you do? Chances are you did some sort of you had some sort of routine. You had something that had led you to that thing. And for me, it's like my best weeks are the weeks where I did the things that I said I was going to do consistently. And then I got more confident. And then when I do those things, it like installs this confidence within myself that I trust myself because I do the things I said I was going to do. And then I get confident and then my belief deepens. And then you do that over time and you all of a sudden have this level of belief. It doesn't just fall out of the sky. It starts with like small habits and it starts with that kind of, you know, awareness. And once you create that confidence, your belief gets that much stronger. So hope that helps. Lance, you're such a joy and I've learned so much and this has been so fun. I can't wait to do it again in person. <laughs> Where do people follow you? Where do they find you? How do they learn more? Yeah. I mean, go to my Instagram, lance.esios. Um, I got my book coming out at the end of May called Mastering Adversity. You guys can get on the waiting list for that in my on my website, lanceesios.com. Or yeah, go to lance.esios on my Instagram. Also, obviously, University of Adversity podcast, which I'd love to have you on as well. It'd be great to dive into your story, flip, spin it around and flip the tables and, uh, and, and dive into it. So yeah, I mean, I would love if you guys would subscribe and listen and you can listen to it anywhere podcasts are or watch it on YouTube and watch all the funny faces I make. <laughs> That's awesome. And Lance, we'll go ahead and link everything, including the pre-launch for your book. And I would be honored to be on your show as well. And I hope we can do this again in the near future. Sounds good. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Absolutely. 
Thanks for listening to Spin It. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to be notified when a new episode is released. Also, head over to YouTube to check out all of the live videos on our new podcast channel, Spin It with Stephanie Malik. The best way to support the show is to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And if you want to hear more from me, hop over to Instagram and follow me at Stephanie Malik. That's Stephanie with a Y, S-T-E-P-H-Y-N-I-E Malik, M-A-L-I-K, or visit my website at stephaniemalik.com.